In other words, we plan for moments of scarcity. The idea of letting go of stuff sends tiny signals to our brain saying, no, what if a famine happens and you need eight different colors of the same pair of shoes? Hey there, I'm Renee, a former shopping addict turned minimalist mindset guru. In three years, I went from totally broke and burnt out to debt-free minimalist. Learning to simplify every area of my life, both inside and out, saved my marriage, gave me the time back to live my life how I wanted to, and allowed me to love myself like never before. Looking back, the only thing I wish I had had was a friend to share the journey with me. That is my hope for the Unstuffed Podcast. This is a place where you can shake off the need to people please and show up as your authentic self, even if you're still wearing yesterday's sweatpants. Think of this as a standing coffee date with an old friend whose only job is to hear you out, hype you up, remind you that you are already enough and doesn't mind if your house is a mess. Let's keep this simple. Life is complicated enough. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there, it's me, Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. Today we are diving into something that if it wasn't a thing, I would be out of a job. Um, but it's something I still want to cover with you nonetheless, which is why is it so freaking hard to declutter our stuff? No matter how bad we might crave the benefits of a clean, clear, clutter-free home, it's kind of hard not to pretend that it's actually really difficult parting with our beloved things. Some of us might have a tougher time than others getting rid of things like family heirlooms. Others might struggle with clinging to the past, aka those size zero jeans you know won't even fit one of your legs anymore. No matter why or what type of stuff it is, the truth of the matter is we are clinging to something other than the item itself. While there is never a one-size-fit-all reason for why we struggle to eliminate clutter from our homes, here are some ideas based on what I have learned so far. So first, let's talk about the clutter dilemma. Being overwhelmed by clutter is a very real thing that can feel so overwhelming that it sends people into waves of depression and anxiety. And then we learn that clutter itself can actually enhance things like depression and anxiety. Great, right? Nothing like a vicious cycle of guilt and stuff piling up in the corner. While I do want to share with you why letting go of clutter can be so difficult, I also want to give you a few pieces of advice to make it all seem way less daunting. Number one, start small and then start smaller. No one is telling you you have to clean the house from top to bottom, and if they are, hand them a broom and put them to work. Two, get a game plan. I have a super simple four bin method that I use when I host my virtual declutter sessions that you can borrow. In fact, there's a podcast episode all about it. It gives you some leeway for items that are hard to detach from. Three, seek guidance when needed. I started hosting my live virtual declutter sessions every month to connect with people who struggle to let go of their stuff. Together, we do coaching and decluttering our spaces. Sometimes all it really takes is a friend to hold your hand. All right, so let's dive into the reasons why letting go of our stuff can be so freaking difficult. Number one, we allow our stuff to define our worth. 
Without being fully aware of it, we allow ourselves and our value to be defined by what we own so often. I'm not even going to sit here and pretend like I wasn't hoping to be seen as a more legit human and photographer when my family and I purchased our bigger house in the perfect neighborhood at the beginning of a cul-de-sac. This can start as early as grade school or sooner. We think if we wear the right clothes, we'll be cooler. Or on the flip side, if we wear Power Ranger sweatpants, we'll somehow be rejected from every social circle. (laughs) No, was it just me? curling up the bottom of my power pants, pink sweatpants, because I didn't want anybody to know. The reason we can struggle to let go of our things so much is because we have quite literally attached ourselves to them. Throwing away our stuff in a very backwards way makes us feel like we are throwing away a part of ourselves or a part of our worth. Not in a symbolic burning of the ex-boyfriend boxers kind of way either. We fear by eliminating certain items that we are in fact eliminating our worth right along with them. That's some pretty heavy stuff. Number two, we're forced to face ourselves. One thing that can be very illuminating and terrifying for all new minimalists is that they begin to find themselves the more they ditch their stuff. If you have been filling your life with stuff and attaching your value, worth, and image to them throughout the years, You have no choice but to begin to face the reality of who you are without your things. Spoiler alert, you're way more awesome than you know. No thing could ever define your value. Three, facing the shame is real. If attaching yourself to your items doesn't make things hard enough, there is the never-ending feeling of overwhelming guilt that we experience. You see, there's this thing called the sunken cost fallacy. This is where we often keep investing our time, money, and energy into something even though we know it's hopeless. Once we have already committed to or invested in something, we can't help but kill ourselves trying to keep it going. This can fit into so many areas of our lives, like relationships, literal money investments, houses, people, and our stuff. We have already put effort into it, spent money on it, and it feels wasteful and shameful to get rid of it. Be the coward on Titanic. (laughs) Here's the thing. Sometimes you just gotta bite the bullet. Trust me, I know. When our family downsized by over 2,000 square feet in order to move and have more freedom and flexibility with our time and money, all I could think about at first was how much we had wasted. We just refinanced. We just told everybody that this was our dream house. We spent all the time spent fixing up the yard. I just painted the walls and bought new curtains. These were just a few of the sunken cost thoughts that ran through my mind until I finally said, screw it. Yeah, it was a loss. We lost time. We lost money. We lost energy and we will never get those things back. I also knew that the longer we stayed, the bigger our chances of losing more time and more money and more energy. And honestly, our marriage wasn't looking too good either. You don't have to be like the builder of Titanic. You don't have to go down with your own ship. Be like that cowardly little guy with the mustache who hopped on a lifeboat. People call him a coward, but hey, he got to see the light of day again. Okay, that's a dramatic example because he really was a turd. He totally, like, jumped ship before the women and the children. Not cool. But I needed an example, and I just went with that one. (laughs) Okay. Number four, we have to face the waste. 
If we can overcome the sunken cost fallacy and actually allow ourselves to declutter some of our stuff, we have to literally watch our hard-earned money go out the door. However, this could really turn into a teachable moment. Think about it this way. Your hard-earned money was already being wasted on things like cheap decor that was on sale but doesn't actually fit your style, but you bought it anyway. That cookware you swore you'd use but never did. A fabulous outfit that you dreamed of wearing but were always too self-conscious to rock. We keep telling our things like we keep telling ourselves things like, I'll use this someday, because we don't want to face the fact that deep down we know we won't. It's a tough lesson to swallow, but actually having to watch our money go out the door and help remind us not to waste that money anymore, you worked hard for it. Now make sure it's going towards something that pays you back in joy. Here's some ideas on how to feel less wasteful. How do you combat those icky feelings that tell you you're being super wasteful? Here are a few ideas. Find someone you know would benefit from your things. Donate to a charitable cause that speaks to your heart. Sell what you can to get some money back and be okay with what you can't. How could your life be benefited without having this thing around? Think about the lesson each item taught you and be thankful for it as you let it go. Remember, the money has been spent either way. The only thing you can truly do now is move forward and do better when you know better. We've all done it and it's okay. Number five, we attach our items to the people who owned them. The tougher part, at least for me, is the stuff that we have attached to the people we love who once owned them. Late grandma's lamp and hand-knit blanket, your dad's Bible, old love letters, that one thing that that one kid gave you in 10th grade math class, you can't remember what it is anymore, but you know it was funny and meant something to you at the time. <laughs> Beyond attaching ourselves to things, the struggle can be bigger when we attach them to another person or a memory that we cherish. Decluttering things from our past can feel like admitting that the moment has passed. Our glory days are over. P.S. This is never the case. If you are living, it's a glory day. If we even consider getting rid of our late mom's wedding dress, we feel a rush of shame and sadness. Something inside of us that says, if you get rid of that, you're getting rid of her all over again. Just saying that brings tears to my eyes. The loss of a loved one is tough, and the grief of it never fully seems to go away. Decluttering items that belonged to a lost loved one can all but restart the whole grief process again. And remember, we don't only grieve for people we have lost through death. We can also grieve for people who changed out of a person who we once knew. Times that will never get back. Children who grew up. Old versions of who we used to be. Ideas of who we wish we still were. Friendships that fizzled out. Past relationships, even if we don't even want to be in them again. Here's some ideas on how to navigate these difficult matters of the heart. Be patient with yourself. Give it time. You don't need to rush through anything. There is no rushing the grief process, and if you have attached your items to a person, then give your wounds time to heal, even if it takes the rest of your life. 
this just in. As we make our way toward the holiday season, I decided to host a holiday declutter-a-thon. If you are dreading the idea of more stuff coming into your house because you already feel overwhelmed by the stuff you have, come declutter with me for the months of November and December. When you sign up for the holiday declutter-a-thon, you are getting access to five live declutter sessions with me, plus a post-Thanksgiving declutter session. Normally, six live declutter sessions with me would cost you around $200, but I am cutting the cost in half to a round price of $100. This means 12 hours of active decluttering and coaching with me, plus access to bonus coaching content. The only catch is that there are only 200 spots available, so if you want to get in on this, go sign up now in the show. Number six, declutter shaming. We can all struggle working to let go of items that mean a lot to us, but then there's that stuff that we have that means a lot to someone else. They don't want it, but they sure as shit are ready to make us feel like crap for not wanting it. Ah, uh, good old guilt. What would we do without it? Maybe your great aunt Frida bought you a punch bowl and always checks in to make sure you're taking care of it. Or maybe your mom checks in to make sure you haven't gotten rid of said punch bowl because she doesn't want to make Frida feel bad. Either way, there is no shortage of people weighing in on why you should keep clutter. The thing is, maybe these items mean a lot to them. That doesn't mean they need to mean a lot to you. Another possibility is that they have attached themselves to this item. If you throw that punch bowl out, then Aunt Frida would feel like you are rejecting her. Is that necessarily the case? Probably not, but that's just how the psychology of it tends to work out. First and foremost, I think it's helpful to muster up some empathy for family members who struggle when you declutter. You don't need to let this stop you. However, if you can understand where they are coming from, you might talk about them behind their back less at family reunions. At the end of the day, you have to remember that this is your journey. This is your clutter to carry. If it was your job to please everyone and value the same things everyone else values, your anxiety would be never ending. Trust me, I've tried. <laughs> also, this just isn't possible. Let's be realistic about what you are capable of as a human being. Maybe this means setting a boundary with a family member, calmly talking to them about how you feel, or just donating the item and hoping they never come over. Whatever path you choose, that's your call. Lastly, and more simply, that silly fear of, what if I need this someday? What if someday I go horseback riding and I'm kicking myself for not having my stylish knee-high rider boots? What then? They say this is our caveman brain still living in a hunter-gatherer times. In other words, we plan for moments of scarcity. The idea of letting go of stuff sends tiny signals to our brain saying, no, what if a famine happens and you need eight different colors of the same pair of shoes? How do you combat this? Thankfully, I have found a way around this terrifying thought. Here's the quick breakdown. Put anything into a box that you think you don't want. Box it up and store it away for six months. And if at the end of six months, you never end up using any of the stuff, bring the box to a donation center. This method is the best of both worlds because you get to clear the clutter without the stress of what if lingering in your mind. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on the Unstuffed podcast today. And don't think that the party ends here. You can always check the show notes for the latest goodies and freebies that are always available to you. 
don't forget, I love hearing from you guys. If you are enjoying the Unstuffed podcast, it would mean so much to me if you would take the time to leave a review so that I can hear from you too. Until next time, take a deep breath, let go of anything that has been slowing you down, and I will see you here next week.